welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Craig. And I'm Todd. And Todd, it is our favorite time of the year. Yeah, baby. <laughs> October, Halloween. <laughs> I tell you what, I swear, I look forward to this time of year oh. every single year. And, like, I start gearing up for it, like, September 1st. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's the only month that makes life worth living, really. (laughs) It's so good. Better than Christmas. I was going to say, lots of normal people get, like, super stoked about Christmas, and Christmas is lovely. I like to, (laughs) you know, be with my family and give gifts and things like that. That's nice. (laughs) It's it's quaint, but October and uh, Halloween really are my absolute favorite time of the year, and... uh, we have a tradition here at Two Guys of doing a month's worth of Halloween-centered movies. And uh, I don't know. I think it was just one dude who was <laughs> <laughs> sent us a message. is like, you guys, you don't have to do a stupid theme Halloween months. There are other good movies. Okay, sir. <laughs> right. It was like thank you for th- your input. <laughs> I think it was a review when somebody was like, "Oh, they're great. Oh, they're awesome. I love listening to them." But why do they waste their time doing dumb movies around the holidays just because they feel like they have to? And I'm like, really? <laughs> it's not because we feel like we have to. No. It's because we're big nerds and we love this shit. <laughs> it's, it's a good time. Plus, it gives us some direction. You know, sometimes we like. <laughs> they're only what was it your mom who was like i didn't even know there were 200 horror movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we're like god there's so many horror movies like what are we gonna choose uh, this yeah. week so it's good to have like a framework within which to choose something some restrictions it is it's nice that being said we always say every year you know we're probably gonna run out we've done so many at this point but no mm. there are bazillions of them yeah. i mean we've got a whole list of halloween movies I, we've got probably a 20 or more on the list that we could do and there are more and more coming out every year it seems like especially there are a lot of halloween and christmas anthologies coming out every year yeah and we love those we've even thrown around the idea of doing uh an anthology month you know even just outside of the holidays love those movies but I, you know, we we said we'd think about it, and as always, we put it off until the last minute, and uh, I finally just uh, Googled, I was at work and had a minute, so I Googled Halloween movies, and I came up with a whole list, and it turns out the one that I picked was already on our list. We're looking at Haunt from 2019. This was a Netflix-exclusive film written and directed by a couple of guys, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who would be best known for being the writers of A Quiet Place. Uh, and and I don't know if they wrote A Quiet Place too, or if they just got writing credit because it was based on their characters. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But still, A Quiet Place, that was like a worldwide hit. Oh my gosh, it was huge. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great movie. I saw the sequel. I thought it was okay. I didn't like it as much as I liked the first one, but it was still an entertaining movie. Mm. Um, And apparently these guys uh, were writing Haunt and A Quiet Place at the same time, you know, not thinking, because they hadn't had any major successes before, so they had no expectation that either one of these movies would sell (laughs) or do well. And, uh... 
A Quiet Place did exceptionally well. And this movie did pretty well. I mean, it didn't make a ton of money. I think it only made a few million dollars. But it didn't uh, play uh, in... It had a very limited release in theaters. Yeah, that's a shame. But when it premiered on Netflix, at the time that it premiered, it was the most watched premiere that they had had. Now, that may have been surpassed probably has but at the time it was the most watched premiere and it's funny because i picked this it sounded interesting to me and then i put it on and in the first 10 seconds i realized that i had seen it before oh no way (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did i realized i had seen it before and i was like well you realized it was on in the background while you were grading papers one day yep Mm. Most likely. Most likely. you do this. I do. And honestly, because of that, I was glad to watch it again. Because, you know, I put them on in the background to keep myself stimulated to motivate me to continue grading. Because on the weekends when I have to grade, I mean, that's often like a six or eight hour stretch, Mm. which is... Uh, you know, a, a bummer. But if I've got something on in the background that can kind of keep me stimulated, you've seen this kind of movie before. Yeah. These, it's about it's about an extreme haunt that you know these young people go to on Halloween, and then it ends up being, of course, far more extreme than they ever would have imagined. <laughs> and I've seen that movie, you know, at least three or four times, probably, and that's fine. Yeah, and and oftentimes they're. Pretty- Pretty bad to be yeah. honest. Most of the yeah. time, this doesn't work as well as you think. Right, it would. I, and I had forgotten. Really, I I kind of remembered it. In fact, I was talking to my partner, and I was I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this movie. It's kind of like you know they get into this." haunted house and it's all set up as a haunted house or whatever but then it really becomes like saw like (laughs) they just kind of start getting picked off one by one in these interesting ways Um, and that's kind of true Um, but I forgot that this movie has kind of an interesting twist at about the three quarters of the way through Mark and so uh, I was still I I had forgotten that so I was still a little bit surprised by the movie overall I would say for a Halloween season movie, it's good. Yeah. Is it the greatest movie I've ever seen? Certainly not. You know, far from it. But uh, it's an enjoyable watch, and I had a good time watching it. What did you think? Yeah, I'm with you there. I'd never seen it before, actually. But actually, I didn't realize that these were the writers of A Quiet Place until afterwards when I was doing research. And I was like, oh, this comes from a rather uh, impressive pedigree. And... Yeah, I mean, it. I was just shocked. At, it was just a solid movie. I think it's the best way I could describe it. I was engaged throughout. I was never bored. It was predictable in the sense that, yeah, there's not a lot that's new here, but far better than a number of these other takes place in a haunted house movies that I've seen. It actually had a lot of meat to it. it took me into some surprising places. Like, I wouldn't say it was predictable, I mean, I kind of knew who was going to die, and I pretty much knew what order they were going to die in, you know, and I could see it coming, but what was the motivations behind the people doing this? Um, How was it all going to go down? And it wasn't just, eh, there's this big trap in this haunted house. In fact, I was kind of surprised at how underutilized the aspect, aside from the fact that they're in a place that they can't get out of easily and that they don't really know how to navigate the haunted house itself wasn't so much like Saw in that there weren't these like elaborate setups. Yeah. I mean, when people died, it was basically, ah, a guy comes out and like kills them. Right. So, so in a way, it was 
I wouldn't say it's a slasher movie. Like I've seen it's online. It's billed as a slasher movie by a lot of people. And, and no, like a slasher movie is usually a killer, maybe two who are running around killing people and they're kind of mysterious and you don't know who they are. I mean, yeah, maybe, but this is, you know, it's like a kind of a cult movie, I guess, or whatever, but yeah, there's that interesting spin on it. And frankly, like, I'm still not entirely sure what was going on. No, here. <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't think we're supposed to know. I watched a little interview that was done by some guy on YouTube after watching the movie, and he had both of the guys there, uh, and he was talking to them. And um, one thing that one of them said, I don't remember which of the two said, was Eli Roth, as producer, had helped them out a lot when they were conceiving this movie and when they were kind of finalizing it and putting it together. And one of the things that he said was, look, the audience doesn't need to know exactly why all this is happening, but they need to know that you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said they really took that to heart. So they have, they worked out a whole backstory for why this is going on, what's happening and all that. And then they... They sprinkled little hints at that throughout the movie, but didn't fully reveal it. And and I had that confidence, you know, and I understand that direction because there's nothing more annoying. <coughs> Lost. <coughs> there's nothing more annoying than <laughs> watching a movie or a TV series and realizing that they're being crazy and weird and trying to hint at things and and yeah even like i think that was what pissed people off about the matrix too by the time the trilogy was at the end they all people almost felt like none of this actually ends up making a lot of sense or it wasn't as profound as we thought it would be and or the writers and directors kind of got caught they had a half-baked concept that now they had to pretend that they'd fully baked and so you know, by the end of the movie, you don't really feel like there was a point to it because you don't feel like the writers themselves had a point. You know, they wanted to like cop out basically and go, ooh, it's whatever you want it to be. Oh, we just want to keep it mysterious so the people can read what they want to read into it. And yeah. that's okay at times, but a lot of times it's just a cop out. Well, yeah. And we feel cheated. And I didn't feel that way watching this movie. I felt like, no, even though I don't fully understand what's happening. I'm I'm fine with that because I get that there's something happening here. You know what I mean? And, and there's a real reason behind it all. And that's good enough for me. <laughs> it's funny that you brought up Lost because that was, I mean, I watched the whole series. That's the uh, epitome was, of that. I know. I was super <laughs> into it. But the thing that was most infuriating about that is that <laughs> fans predicted the end and they were adamant. No, no, that's not what it is. We swear it's not. And then it was like, yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> but uh i I think that eli roth's advice to the filmmakers was very good and i think that it plays out in that way we don't have to understand everything and the sad news is you know first of all i'll just say i think that as far as cinematography goes it's good like i I can't i can't come up with the right word but it's it's completely competent like the cinematography is great like, I don't have any complaints about it. It's shot well. The acting is perfectly fine. In fact, I was uh, surprised that I actually cared a little bit about these characters, especially yeah. since in the beginning when they're introduced, they felt kind of stereotypical. But as time went on, I actually came to like them as actual people and thought, I, I might hang out with some of these people. <laughs> Was, it's funny that you say that because I was as as the movie was starting out, I was like, "Oh, this looks like uh, starting out to be another 
bunch of assholes who go out to some right. place and all get killed, which is how you often describe it, which uh-huh. is totally after all these movies. But you're right. After a, a very short period of time, you realize, oh, no, they're, they're actually some of these people have. Well, the, one of the main characters, you know, the girl who is, I mean, from a mile away, you know, she's going to be the final girl. That's right. one of the more predictable Harper. things about it. Harper, right? Actually, she's the only one with so much backstory, right? Nobody else really has any backstory, if I'm not mistaken. And then hers is laid on thick. It's like, oh, I, she clearly has some poor home mm-hmm. situation, possibly abusive father. Well, clearly abusive father as we get further into the movie. But then, like, from the first scene, it's she's in a club and she's being texted annoyingly by her boyfriend, who's like, seems like just through the text to be the biggest douchebag. Where are you? Why the fuck aren't you calling me? Kind of thing. She's got this backstory that keeps her compelling and interesting, and that's part of how you know she's going to be the final girl. Didn't really get much of a backstory on anybody else, but I still thought they were cool. None of them were like, oh, I can't wait till that person dies. Yeah, I agree. The character's not, you know, like you said, the only the one character really has a lot of backstory, but the other characters don't just seem dumb. Yeah. One of them is a nurse or a, a medical student or something, and she doesn't see... None of them do. I mean, they, they seem like real people. Normal, right? Normal. There's one guy, Nathan, they're all dressed for Halloween, because it is Halloween, and Nathan lazily dressed as a baseball player because he is a baseball player, and he doesn't really care about Halloween. And when I first met him, when when we first met him, I thought he was going to be a total douchebag. He seemed like yeah. a douchebag in the beginning, yeah. but then he wasn't. He seemed like a decent guy. Um, yeah. And there is one guy... Evan, he's this heavier set guy who kind of is a dick, but <laughs> not so much that you can't understand why these people would even hang out with him. Like, right, right. I, it just seems like they kind of know his personality, um, but they don't put up with his dickishness, so <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's not a Night of the Demons or Spookies type situation where you're looking at it going, why are these people even in the same car together? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. right. Uh-huh. All of the girls are very pretty, but they are all, you know, capable, <laughs> intelligent people. I, I, I really liked the characters. I really did. The, sadly, I wasn't able to find a whole lot of interesting information about this behind the scenes and that's always a disappointment because i prefer to talk about those things and i think that those things are more interesting but the truth of the matter is this is a plot heavy movie yeah so i i kind of feel like we should get into it i mean it it opens up the opening credits are very much like the opening credits of a nightmare on elm street one um, where it's just some shady figure putting together uh, this haunt and printing flyers to put out about it. And and one of the primary things that is focused on in those opening credits is that he clearly sets a trap. So you think that this is going to be trap-heavy, but it's not. Mm. In fact, that trap that he sets in the opening credits doesn't get sprung until the very end. Yeah. And then in a really weird kind of anticlimactic way with a character who is completely inessential. Yes. Like... Who didn't need to be there, really. <laughs> at all. Right. Yeah. There was, No, there was no point for that character even being there. He, he didn't do anything. Nothing. <laughs> Uh, you thought he might, but he didn't. And it takes place in Illinois, not that that's important. And we meet our main characters. There's Harper, 
who is the girl next door. You know she's going to be the final girl. Her roommate, uh, and, and she doesn't really end up wearing a costume, but she's wearing a red hoodie, so she's kind of like Little Red Riding Hood, which is also suitable for her character. Yeah. And then there's uh, her roommate, Bailey, who's freaking gorgeous who's just like you know in the typical sexy cat you know like (laughs) not really a costume just a sexy outfit and some cat ears and we get the whole setup that uh there's a a pumpkin smashed on their door did your boyfriend just throw a pumpkin at our door (laughs) what that's not something he'd do no no that's bullshit bailey you are breaking up with this bitch tonight don't Stop! Everything's fine. He's an alcoholic. Harper, you want to know how I can tell? Because he's an alcoholic. Look, all I'm saying is that I came into your room last night to steal some jewelry from a Halloween costume and you were passed out. Careful. But Harper is all, you know, obviously she's, for whatever reason, still connected to this guy. In talking about it, it's super cliched. It really is. Because I didn't even consider the fact that her dad was an abuser and now she's with an abuser, which I understand is not uncommon, but it's uh, it's a little heavy-handed. The tagline of this movie was, Some monsters are real. (laughs) (laughs) that ties in at all (laughs) Uh, i guess whatever and uh gosh i mean there's just silly little details that ultimately aren't that important but hey uh bailey borrowed harper's mom's ring for her costume and harper's like make sure you don't lose that because it's my mom's Mm. it's really important to me and then we meet angela who's dressed as a nurse and i think she really is a healthcare worker because she has knowledge of that um, Evan is the douchey one who is dressed as the head of a human centipede, but the other people who are going to be his human centipede with him have ditched him, and so he's all pissed off. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> it was kind of like one of the girls is like, uh, so they didn't want to eat your ass all night, so they ditched. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> Which is hilarious. And I swear to God, if we ever end up doing human centipede on this podcast, I think that the viewers or listeners should let us know that it's time to. <laughs> We've up, jumped right? the shark. <laughs> I have. I have seen all three human. Oh centipedes. my god! Oh my god! They are horrible. <laughs> the first. The first one is the least horrible, but they are all just depraved and nasty and disgusting. But it, okay, so they're all at a bar. They all meet up at a bar, and Harper meets Nathan, and he kind of. It seems like he kind of blows her off at first, but then they kind of start talking. But she goes outside to leave because she's not really having a good time. And she's somewhat approached by this man in a red robe and a mask, like like kind of a devil costume. But then she hears a noise and looks away and she looks back and he's gone. And that's when we find out randomly Nathan tells her about how he's a baseball player but last season he took a pitch to the face and it totally shattered like half of his face so he's like you know that was trauma for me has anything scary ever happened in your life (laughs) (laughs) i just met you two minutes ago tell me about your trauma Uh. (laughs) instant instant flashbacks suddenly to oh well i was in a haunted house you know (laughs) 
Yeah, mysterious flashback. Like, obviously, I just have in my notes, Harper has a past. Like, we don't know what it is yet. Probably child abuse. Certainly. We're going to find out. But Nathan convinces her to stay, and they decide, at first, they're just going to go get something to eat and then go home. But then Evan finds one of those flyers that we saw being printed out and so they decide some of them are really excited to go to a haunted house and uh, they drive around and Evan's driving and there's a gag about him wanting to charge them for rideshare because he's a rideshare driver something stupid but uh, Harper notices that there's a red truck following them which she doesn't just outright say my abusive alcoholic boyfriend drives a red truck like right <laughs> Come on. Be forthcoming. What? Like, He's like, hey, can you turn left? And then they, t- okay, I guess I'll turn left. Like, what? Just say, hey, guys, I think somebody's following us. Let's see if we can ditch him. You or know, I like, think, what? yeah, I think my douchey boyfriend is following right? us or whatever. Uh, well, and then this, this is really kind of the only part that I thought was really stupid. So they, and at first, maybe this is why the characters and the filmmakers didn't tell us who it was in the truck yet. Because they take this turn to see if this guy is going to be following them or not. They pull over to the side of the road, conveniently right in front of the haunted yes. house that they had been planning on going to. But they hadn't even really planning on, been exclusively planning on going to that. Like, the girls were all on their phones seeing where all of the haunted houses were. Like, so they were still deciding where they were going to go. But they conveniently just land right in front of this one. And the sign comes on right behind them. They're like, oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Here we are. That was by far the dumbest part of this movie. Well, and so I thought that, you know, maybe the truck had been... Luring them. Trying to push them there. Right. But no, Hmm. it's just... It turns out it's just coincidence. Whatever. So they pull up to this uh, haunted place, and it actually looks pretty cool. Um, And there are other people, not a lot, but another group of people standing outside in line and as they're walking up the other group gets ushered in and they're greeted by this scary clown who is only scary because i know you don't think clowns are scary but because it's a clown um and because he doesn't talk and because there's scary music (laughs) (laughs) this is a formula Yeah. yeah i mean it's you know like he messes with them like uh, he makes Bailey the pretty. I keep saying the pretty one. They're all pretty, but my God, I just thought she was just gorgeous. The he, he like makes her pick which hand. Like he's got something in his hands. Turns out he doesn't have anything in either hand, and then he pulls out a key from behind her ear, which could be totally innocent, except for the very scary music in the background. Right. Um, <laughs> and the key is for this lockbox, and she opens the lockbox, and it's got what do you call those waivers? Yeah absolve themselves of liability liability that's what like a liability waiver right and not only that but then they have to leave their phones in there which i don't know that i would do but i also don't know that i would be terribly surprised if i was asked to oh you know what i wish that every haunted house i walk through made people leave their phones at the front and or amusement park dark rides because the last time i went to an amusement park like disneyland or someplace like that oh yeah disneyland shanghai and i was on the pirates of the caribbean and there were like four people in front of me on this boat shining their cell phone lights everywhere completely ruining the effect of what was going on yeah so i was actually i saw that and i was like oh god yeah that's great (laughs) 
make them lock their cell phones in this in this box and then give them the key yeah then that's fine right sure in theory i mean in real life it's really not that big of a deal but they're going into a killing den <laughs> so well, it would have been nice if they would have had their phone. you know craig i'm sure that if they had been pre-warned that they were going into a killing den they would have said ah eh, we'll just take our phones with us thank you <laughs> that's, that's probably true probably true oh gosh and so then they get in there and at first it's standard like it's a very standard haunted yeah. house with like skeletons popping out at them fake looking props and things yeah right but then once they get through just like the very first hallway and it's still standard but it just feels like a really good haunted house like if they weren't actually getting killed (laughs) this would be an awesome haunted house like i would so badly want to go there like it's really cool it's basically a series of rooms but every room or hallway has a different theme or obstacle or puzzle or something and they're all really fun they're all like super creepy and halloweeny and super cool yeah i would love to go to this haunted house it's almost like i mean it's not as sophisticated as an escape room because that's not like they have to literally solve a puzzle in every room but they'll get in one room and the door slams behind them and then they're sort of forced to watch a scene or something. Right, right. I think it's, is it before or after they crawl through the hallway that one one thing, one room that they're locked in and then suddenly there's a, a chain link fence basically is one of the walls and the curtain opens up and it's sort of a witch scene where there's this person dressed in a robe with a witch mask on and all of their masks look kind of old fashioned, right? They look almost like uh-huh. out of the 40s or 50s. She drags this body bag in and unzips it and there's this girl in there and she starts screaming and the witch out of this cauldron pulls out a red hot poker and goes down and brands her sort of on the cheek and then like the curtain closes right and they're disturbed by it but you know i don't know if you and i were walking through this haunted house we'd be like yeah clearly this is like a thing right this is an act. oh yeah and i would be like oh my god that was that awesome was that realistic. was so real the, the smoke came <laughs> off her cheek and stuff they really <laughs> <laughs> i think if you have an eagle eye now i i can't say this with certainty but i'm i'm pretty sure that that girl was in line mm. when they approached. Well, it would make sense. The, yeah. Um, but it does look very real, but it also just looks like a really good effect because as soon as the witch touches her with like this red hot poker, like steam pops up, the curtain closes, you know, it just seems like a really good scene yeah. that they had planned out. Another door opens and they continue, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they're they're faced with a maze and you can go one of two ways. One way says safe, one way says not safe. <laughs> and they split up evenly. Evan Harper and Mallory. Mallory is uh, dressed as a flapper and who goes on and on and on about how she hates spiders. They take the not safe trail and they end up, ironically, in a hall full of spider webs with a lot of great big fake spiders. But when they look closely, there are also some very scary looking real spiders Mm. uh, in there, too. And when they get through that hallway, they come to a room with three coffins standing on end. That was awesome. It was. And again, very cool. Like, had I been there, very cool. Yeah. The other three end up in a hall that's, like, the walls are covered in oil, and there are big, like, 
trash bags full of oil like hanging over the ceiling and they don't get it and I didn't get it either. It pays off later, but I didn't get it either. But the ones that are in the coffin room, they don't know what to do, but they're like, maybe it's some kind of like puzzle. And it is. They they open all of the doors to the coffins and there's nothing in there. But then they close all of the doors. And when they close the last one, they hear something like something mechanical. And so they think that there may be like a, a hatch or something, but it only opens if the door is closed. And these coffins are the old-fashioned like pine wood box mm-hmm. coffins so they're very small so they can really only go in one at a time and evan goes first and they're right it opens a door in the back and he goes through and then harper goes through next no problem then mallory goes in and closes the door behind her but the hatch doesn't open instead a hole in the top of it opens and spiders are poured all over her head Skeletons, masks, spiders. Cheap motherfuckers bought the shit at Party City like two days ago. Look, it's fake. These look like tarantulas. Yeah. And they are moving. And she freaks out. And then somehow, I don't know if the people on the other side open the door and pull her out or if the door opens and she stumbles out. They grab her and she's freaking out and they're like, no, no, it's all fake. Now, okay, for the purposes of the movie, that's fine. But I have eyes, and I saw that those <laughs> spiders were moving. They were indeed. These yes. were not. Yeah, these were not spirit Halloween cheap spiders. <laughs> 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 Which now, it, I didn't really start to question this until later, but ultimately, I did question it. Is there anything supernatural going on here? Mm. And I still don't know. And ultimately, I think that probably not. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Well, the fact that all those spiders kind of disappeared was weird. I did think about that for a, br- a brief second. But no, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think anything supernatural was happening, even though a few of those those effects or whatever seemed, I don't know, the way it played out. Or maybe we were seeing more of what's in her imagination or whatever. But, maybe. Uh, that could be. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think everything in there was very real. Okay. Yeah, I know. I've, I've debated it with myself. And, and I'll, the moment where I really started to question comes later. And obviously, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. After that room, the next room is a small tunnel that they have to crawl through. And, and there are times when I... I don't want people to look at my face, but there are times when I wish that we could show people things because it's a ton. It's just a small, like, crawl space entrance. But the way that it's prepared, the way that it's painted with, like, just hundreds of arrows, like, spray painted and go in here or something like that, Mm -hmm. it's very spooky. The whole thing is very spooky. It just seems like a really good haunted house. It does. Like, we're talking, like, okay, so I live in a small town, and we have haunted houses, and the people around here, I my town is also a university town, and the university does uh, haunted houses, and these are young people who clearly, you know, really are into it and want to do a good job, and they, and they do, but we're talking more along the lines of, like, Universal Studios haunted Halloween nights, yes, you know, yes. like, they look fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> a little too fantastic for a random dirt road 
you know, uh-huh. that you turned off on that only a few people are in line for, to be honest. And that was the only other beef I have with it is that, you know. But And ultimately, like, this place is really big and really complicated. There's a point later where we see um, schematics mm-hmm. uh, of, of how it's all laid out and how everything is connected. And it's not as though it's impossible. Like, if this is a big... In- abandoned factory there would be plenty of room to do this it's just that normally people wouldn't go to such lengths yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it does call into question all kinds of things about the backstory and the people who are behind it and all that which i guess is, is intentional right like we're supposed to wonder well this random backwoods place that does it seems like they're the after a while they're clearly like at least it seems to be. They're the only people in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you go through a haunted house and things start to get backed up and eventually you're going oh, through right. a long line and all that. And and this this haunted house is completely impractical in that for all these things to be pulled off, you know, you would need to separate people or raise, you know, timing wise, you'd have to find ways to usher them through. You'd have to. Definitely. It's not realistic in that way. And it seems right. And it seems like there are hmm, four or five employees right you know isn't unreasonable but you're absolutely right in real life this you know we saw it in uh hell house llc it's crowded there's a huge long line and even when you get in there you're in there with dozens of other people and this would be reliant on them only allowing five or six people in at a time for a couple of hours. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> should rely on only five or six people coming into the parking lot only every couple of hours. <laughs> right. Well, maybe that's why they only turn the sign on when you randomly happen <laughs> to pull be. over in front of the place. They've reset finally, so they turn the sign on. <laughs> um, so, they, so they go in the tunnels... Harper sees the red robe guy from the bar crawling around in there with them, which is kind of spooky. But uh, Harper and Evan get out, but Mallory doesn't come out. And then the red guy um, does come out. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other three are in the very typical guess the body part room where you have to usually at your grade school, you stick your hand in a cardboard box and you feel the grapes or (laughs) <laughs> the wet gummy worms or whatever it is. <laughs> but this, of course, being very elaborate, looks great. But it is still just that basic premise. Stick your hand in this hole and feel something. And they do. Uh, Nathan and, gosh, I don't know, the other girl, the nurse girl. They they do, and it's all very typical stuff. Um, but the third girl, Bailey, <clears throat> puts her hand in, and she reaches in all the way up to her shoulder, and she can't find anything. But when she pulls her hand out, she realizes that she's lost Harper's mom's ring in there. And um, so she reaches back in um, to try to find it. And Nathan reaches in the hole next to her to try to help her find it. But something grabs onto her. And there are also... I, I will totally forgive these jump scares because they're realistic. These guys, th- it's Halloween, and they're trying to scare each other. Yeah. So Nathan has already done the, oh, somebody's got my arm. Like, he's already done that a couple of times. So when Bailey does it, at first they don't take her seriously, but she's like, I'm serious, and it hurts. And they they pull her out, and she turns over her arm, and at first it looks normal. 
I assume this was CGI, but it looked very real. She yeah. turns her arm over, and all of a sudden, her arm starts to bleed from these very thin cuts. And later, we see behind the curtain, and there are razor blades there. Somebody had taken razor blades and sliced uh, her arm. But obviously, at this point, they know um, that that something isn't right. The devil guy seems to kind of force the other two who were with Mallory to continue forward with without her. Everybody ends up being reunited except for Mallory. And this is when they start to decide that they need to get out, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same thing we saw earlier, which is smart, actually, you know, to kind of play the same thing for us again, but change things. Again, the, the curtains open, there's a scene playing behind them. It's very similar to that previous one where there's this same witch character and she's got her red hot poker. They pull a body bag out and they unzip it and Mallory's in there. And they're a little more disturbed now because A, it's their friend. Right. And B, unlike the previous girl, she's not screaming and yelling for help, but Mallory's unconscious and her wrists are tied with a zip tie. And this woman pulls the poker out and we're expecting her to brand her face again. But suddenly, it just impales her in the head Mm -hmm. with that poker. And then the curtains close. And it all happens so fast that it's like, oh, my God. Uh, That was pretty shocking. I actually didn't expect it to get that crazy so quickly and in that way. So, yeah, that was great. I mean, it's like, you know, classic brilliant filmmaking, you know, set up a scene. And so then the second time, you think you know what to expect. And then, boom, something different happens. Uh, and they freak out, right? So now they know they got to get out. And then there's this kind of silly bit where they're trying to pick the lock on a door that looks like an alternate escape door. And one of the guys apparently says he can pick locks. And then the nurse girl happens to conveniently have bobby pins in her hair. And yeah. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, I think, isn't it um, that other character comes in? How do they come across that one dude? It's around Nathan. here, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and and I like this part. It was so smart. That whole thing with um, the poker going through her head. Now, we know we're watching a horror movie, but even though I knew... I know, I know I, what you mean. I, what I'm trying to say is, like, there's a part of my head thinking, maybe this is just really good, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they grabbed her, they said, hey, play along, you know, we're going to do this right. thing in front of your friends, and we're going to freak them out. They could have just done that. I felt the same I mean, way. We we saw we because we saw up close the poker go through her face. Like, but it was quick, no and the curtain goes. It down. It was very quick. It was very quick. So I was I believed that she was really dead. But if I were in that situation, I think that I would be more likely to think that they were just playing than then I really just saw someone murdered in front of me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you do tend to want to not believe that sort of thing, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> right. They're freaking out. They can't get the door unlocked, so they decide to send Nathan forward, to move forward in the haunted house to see if he can find something to break the lock. And he ends up in this room that's lined with ghosts. Now, it looks like mannequins with uh, sheets over their heads, but, again, we've seen this a million times, and you've seen it a million times in haunted houses. At least one of those 
sheets has a real person under it yeah. that's going to jump out and scare you or move or chase you or, or something. And that is what happens. But after the ghost moves and like walks away from him, he calls out for help and the ghost turns the lights on and is like, You saying you need help? Yeah. Holy shit, is she bleeding? Angela, what happened to your hand? Uh, we gotta get her out. I'm sorry, girl, this, this isn't supposed to happen. Hey, look, man, we just wanna go, okay? I don't need to talk to your manager. None of us do. We haven't seen anything. Nothing happened. And I thought that this was really cool because it made me think, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's just a haunted house. They're scared. Yeah. Um, there, there, there had been a bit where uh, the nurse girl was reaching under that chain leak fence to try to get the witch's poker. And just as she had grabbed it, her hand had gotten stomped. And so if this really was just a haunted house, they're clearly going too far. Like, yeah. they, they're potentially hurting people. But I still thought yeah, it could be, you it know, could be this... like a rogue employee or two, you know, something. Like right. That. Mm hmm. And um, he offers to help, but he doesn't take off his mask. This is where we also get Harper's backstory, where she said that she grew up in a haunted house. Her father abused her mother. She hasn't been home in four years because she's scared of her dad. But she has this recurring dream of going home um, and hoping that her mother will open the door and assure her that her dad is gone and the house isn't haunted anymore. And when she says the house is haunted, she means by her dad. Like... Yeah. She doesn't mean it's literally haunted. Right. We get that little exposition. Um, but then the go they, they all get back together, and the ghost is with them, and he's super apologetic. Like, oh, my gosh, y y yeah, uh, we're super extreme, but they're— You're not supposed to get hurt. Yeah, there's still safety protocols. Safety's a big deal, so we're going to get you out of here. But he never takes off his mask. And from the beginning, I thought that was super shady. Yeah. Like— if you were real, I understand the whole not wanting to ruin the illusion, but the illusion is ruined. Like, take your mask off. Yeah. But he won't. Um, but he does have keys, and he does open a door, and they all run to an emergency exit that Harper had seen, but it's sealed off by a wall. But the ghost says, y you know, it's, 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 it's all a show. They're like, oh, yeah, well, then where's our friend Mallory? And he's like, she's waiting outside. He's like, we we pulled her aside and made her part of the show to freak you guys out. But she's just waiting outside. She's probably wondering what's taking you so long. Mm -hmm. They ask his name, and he says his name is Mitch, but he won't give his last name. And he suggests to them that it would be quicker to, to move forward in the haunted house and get to the end, <laughs> that it would take longer to go back. But he also says, but I don't care. Do what you want. Yeah. Go either way. And so they said that they would prefer to go back to the beginning. But to do that, they have to go back through that tunnel thing. And he says, you can only go one at a time because it's rigged. If there's too much weight in there, there's a trap door. That's how we got Mallory. So you have to go one at a time. So they dictate. Evan says, I'm going to go first. Then Ghost Guy is going to go so I can keep an eye on him. Then Nathan. Then Bailey. Then the other two girls. 
Evan goes through, gets through. Ghost goes through, gets through. Signals for Nathan to come in. But as soon as Nathan comes in, the ghost guy seals up the entrance slash exit that Nathan is heading towards. At which point, somebody starts trying to burst into the room that the girls are in. And Harper is holding the door and she tells Bailey and the nurse to go in the to go and they're like we can't both go you, you know we'll fall through or whatever and she's like you have to and so this uh the devil character bursts through both girls get into the tunnels but angela the nurse doesn't get far enough in and he grabs her by the leg pulls her out and puts a pitchfork through her head yeah <laughs> like and at this point it ain't a show. It's not a show anymore. <laughs> we know without a doubt at this point. <laughs> right. And this happens right in front of Bailey, which is insane. And she's stuck in there, and then we don't see her again forever. Yeah. And I knew that there was something going on. Because at this point, everybody else is separated. Nathan falls through the trapdoor in the tunnel. Evan gets outside, but the lockbox with the phones is gone. Um, And we see that the clown has it, like in this office. Evan is very creepily approached by the ghost outside. Um, And then this is the part where I was like, what is happening? Uh, Harper runs away, but the devil chases her down into a room that she can't get out of. And he takes off his mask. And what's underneath his mask is far more horrifying than the mask itself. Um, I w- that's why I wish that there was behind the scenes stuff because if this was makeup and prosthetics, it was amazing. And you mean the the tattoos and the the cor- and the body and mods? Yep, it is totally it is totally makeup and prosthetics. I looked it up. Yeah, the actor actually the actor who played this character, Damien Maffei, who played the devil, the devil mask guy. He was in The Strangers, and he was in the remake, the newest one of Wrong Turn. And actually, in both of those movies, he's got quite a bit of makeup effect on him to, to make him look pretty freaky. So he's no no stranger to this sort of thing, apparently. But yeah, it looked great. It looked awesome. And it's totally prosthetics. And that's why I wondered if this was supposed to be in any way supernatural. Now, I completely believe there are people who do oh, yeah. modifications to their face and their yeah. bodies with, mm-hmm. with spikes They put horns in their out. heads and things like that. Right. Like, like, implant these things, yeah. Yeah, it's a real thing. And this looks real. And eventually we find out that hmm, almost all of them are tattooed and and have uh, modifications in their face and spikes and piercings and all kinds of crazy things. I don't know if it was suggested that it was supernatural or if they were some kind of cult or if they just (laughs) were tattoo and body modification enthusiasts. I don't know. (laughs) But it looks great and they're clearly wicked and at this point everything goes crazy and uh, the ghost uh, everybody takes off their masks except for one there's a Skeletor type person that never takes off their mask Um, but everybody else does and they're all like crazy modified and it looks fantastic the ghost kills Evan um, and then uh, Nathan and Haley are getting chased around for a long time Haley eventually gets to the end of the maze 
and it's a room that ironically looks like a little girl's bedroom and of course there are all kinds of clues this does feel very much like a escape escape room. room yeah there are all kinds of clues that she has to find, but she finds them all, and she ends up having to crawl under the bed where she gets this key to open the store, but the devil is coming in behind her, and when she turns the key for the door, it sets into motion this series of gears, and when the gears all lock in, it starts playing the Jack in the Box music all around the mulberry bush, and when it gets to the pop goes the weasel the door explodes, and obviously a shotgun has been set up on the other side of the door and shoots through it. We see that she's hit, but she's okay. And so she falls to the floor and she starts crawling. And the devil runs in and jumps on top of her and is trying to kill her. And she's really smart. She'd already stabbed him in the eyeball. Like, again, it was a Mm. whole daddy issue thing. She was flashing back to her dad and her hiding under the bed, blah, blah, but whatever. Conveniently. <laughs> yeah, she so she pushes she pushes her thumb into his his already injured eye and pushes his him up because this Jack in the Box music is going on repeat and every time it gets to that part it it fires, which I don't understand because that looked like a single shot shotgun. To me. Yeah. And it goes <laughs> It couldn't actually happen, no. <laughs> no. But she's really smart. She pushes him up, his head gets blown off, but then she is so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she stands up and starts walking towards it while the countdown is happening. Oh and, like, as it gets to the part where the gun is supposed to fire, she, like, puts her hand up in front of you, like, girl, your hand is not going to stop that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately for her, I guess the single-action shotgun, after three or four rounds, is now depleted. Nathan shows up and, and starts uh, pulling her out. <laughs> At some point, Nathan is able to get a hold of her phone and send, like, a Google (laughs) Maps text to her abusive boyfriend who was the one in the red truck who's already nearby. Yeah. And so he he's on his way in. They fight people, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Eventually they come to the vampire and the vampire's like, wait, wait, don't hurt me. And he pulls off his mask and he's not. All it's like weird totally and normal. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, I had no idea what I was getting into. You know, I I just thought it was a job, and then they they started killing people, and uh, I, we'll get out of here, and I'll take you to the cops, and whatever. Um, but then he gets killed by one of the freaks. the The abusive boyfriend gets in only to trigger that trap that we had seen set in the opening credits and get a bolt through the throat and then get sledgehammered to the head. Like, literally, they should have cut that. Yeah. They should have cut the whole boyfriend thing. Cause it was it was like all Scatman Carruthers in The Shining kind of moment, except not nearly as sophisticated, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Because at least with him, we cared about, you know, like he was yeah. a character we cared about. He had a role in the movie, yeah. Right. This guy does not at all, and so he gets killed, stupid. Nobody cares. They end up finding a hatch to get out. Harper is confronted by the witch, but she ends up killing the witch by smashing her head in the hatch door. That was so satisfying, yeah. It was. It was good. I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. The only one still after them is the zombie, and the zombie shoots Nathan, but then Nathan is still able to kill him with his baseball bat. This drives me crazy. Nathan gets shot in the abdomen and then still has the 
strength and presence of mind to beat somebody to death with a baseball bat. That is not the way getting shot works. No. Uh, and then he can climb a fence, by the way. <laughs> yeah, a huge fence with a barbed wire top. <sighs> not to get morbid, but I had an uncle who was shot in the abdomen and was in the hospital for months before finally succumbing to his injuries and dying this is just not it just doesn't happen that way and it happens in movies that way all the time and i feel like it gives people a false sense of security around guns no if you get shot you are in big trouble be careful with guns (laughs) and now you know yeah (laughs) that's our public service announcement (laughs) on two guys in a chamber (laughs) they find uh uh, the boyfriend's truck, which is still running, and they get in it and they drive away. The clown is the only one left. He sets the whole place on fire, which was the whole reason for the setup of the oil room mm-hmm. so that it could, you know, be burned very quickly. And they get to the hospital, and then it looks like Harper goes home to her parents' house. It's a recreation of the dream that she's had several times. And she opens the door, and it's her mom, and her mom comes out and gives her a hug and it's a beautiful ending and then the clown steps out from behind the mom and (gasps) she wakes up in the hospital and it was a dream but a nurse comes in and says your friend is fine he's in the room next door he's gonna be fine you're gonna be fine we just need you to sign these releases And upon hearing sign the releases, she remembers that they had all filled out all of their personal information on those releases that the bad guys still have. And we we see the clown with those releases driving, and he pulls up in front of Harper's parents' house. He bursts in and walks in, but he ends up stepping into a sticky trap, which Harper had gotten stuck in a sticky trap in the haunted house. And then the Pop Goes the Weasel music starts playing. And at the moment where, you know, Pop Goes the Weasel, Harper shows up with a shotgun and says, <laughs> let's take off your mask and blows his head off. And that is the end of the movie. <laughs> I love how she had the presence of mind within the last, you know, the, I don't know, couple of hours, I guess, that she realized. But while he was driving I towards guess. to also get like, I don't know, like an MP3 of Pop Goes the Weasel or whatever and make it right. make it nice and ironic. But it was a very satisfying ending. It was satisfying. I was so happy. And presumably everyone in that cult has been killed because right. that guy is the ringleader of the whole thing. At least that's how he was portrayed. We didn't really see anybody else. And he burned the whole place, presumably, to the ground. We don't know any of this for sure, but I liked that bit of finality at the end, which we don't always get the ironic... You know, usually in a horror movie, the ironic ending is, oh, maybe the bad guy will come back, or oh, maybe you never quite escaped, or ah, ha, ha, we're setting you up for a sequel. Right. In this one, the twist at the end was sort of like, ha, 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 she got him back in the nick of time at the end with his own game. That was really nice. I really liked that ending well and it reminds me it's very eli roth i feel like something very similar happens at the end of hostel like um the main character in hostel is able to find the guy that paid uh kills him in a bathroom like shoves his head in the toilet or something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so uh yeah i mean it's very apropos i mean i know eli roth didn't direct this but apropos of his type of stuff as is the whole movie but 
as is also the case with Eli Roth's movies and the movies that he's directed, except from The Green Inferno, which I thought was a total turd. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I, I find his movies to be entertaining. They are brutal. And again, I know he didn't direct this, but his influence is clearly there. Uh, ultimately, I thought that this was a fun ride. Yeah. You know, it was well made. It had interesting twists that I didn't see coming. It had really good set pieces. It had a totally awesome Halloween feel yeah. to it. Um, I think especially, I mean, you could watch it whenever you want, but especially during the Halloween season, this is great. Yes. <laughs> Put it on your list. Give it a shot. Would you agree? Yes, totally agree. And it made me want to go through haunted houses again. Uh, and this, it made me want to go through this haunted house, except for, you know, I don't want to die. Aside from that, like, this would be a cool experience for Halloween. And so in that way, it was sort of like doing it. It was a really fun ride, and I really liked the movie. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. We hope that you are as ready as we are to enjoy this month. And uh, we're going to be back with a few, at least a few more Halloween-themed episodes this month. We've got some things in mind, but if you want to throw in a request real quick, we will certainly consider it. And if we can't get to it this Halloween season, we'll see what we can do throughout the year uh, or next Halloween season. If you liked this episode, as always, please feel free to share it on your social media or recommend this to a friend. Just uh, Google Two Guys in a Chainsaw Podcast. You can find us all over the place, and we'd love to hear from you. But until next time, I'm Craig. And I'm Todd. With Two Guys in a Chainsaw. (laughs) 